0: today is a great day to start your own podcast whether you're looking for a new marketing channel have a message you want to share with the world or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show podcasting is an easy cost-effective and fun way to expand your online reach buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to promote track and launch your podcast your show can be listed on all the major podcast directories within minutes of finishing your recording You can be listed on such directories as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters, just like myself, who are already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Follow the link in the show notes below to get started. This lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you. You will receive a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for the paid plan and you're helping support the show. Don't let fear hold you back and let's create something great together on Buzzsprout. Hey guys, are you looking for a backstage pass? How about a behind-the-scenes look at this podcast? Well, I have exciting news for you. Starting October 1st, we will be opening the doors to the Drunken Worm Podcast and letting our listeners join in the fun and conversation. Check out the different ways that you can support this show and gain access to exclusive content, such as free Drunken Worm Podcast merchandise for one full year. Join an exclusive community where you can talk to other members, vote on upcoming show topics, hear exclusive audio footage from interviews each month, Receive a personal shout out on an upcoming episode and stay up to date with the Drunken Worm Podcast monthly newsletter so that you can stay informed about upcoming guests, show topics, and community news. With four different pledge options to fit any budget, you can flex your power and become a super fan today. All right, guys, and welcome to today's episode, episode number 40 on the Drunken Worm Podcast. My name is Carl, the host of the show, and um, I got a great show lined up for you guys. And welcome again to season two. This is our second episode for the season, and we're starting to uh, get into the fall season as well, and uh, we have the holidays coming up. So we have a lot of great content for you guys coming out on the Drunken Worm Podcast. And I want to remind everybody, if you're new To the podcast, or you've switched over from our Facebook uh, group, um, please hit that subscribe button. And what that's going to allow is it's going to allow you to get notifications when we have new episodes posting. And um, that way you can stay up to date with all the great content that we're going to be putting out over this next season. And again, our new um, style for this season right now is we're doing one episode a month. So every, the first Tuesday of every month, we are going to be putting out a new episode, and you are listening to the second episode of Season 2, Episode 40, and uh, we just a lot of really, really good guests coming in. Uh, Today's guest uh, is um, from Dallas, Texas, and we're going to bring him into the show here momentarily. Um, Also, I want to remind you guys, if you can please give our show a rating, this is going to allow other people to uh, find the show, if they're on their podcast subscribing apps, and they want to look up recovery podcasts. When you guys give us a rating out there, it bumps us up and allows other people to start finding the show. And they can also experience what you're experiencing, which I hope is that you're enjoying the content that we're putting out there for you. Uh, you can visit our website at the drunkenwormpodcast.com. You can also uh, visit our Facebook page and our Instagram page at the TWD Podcast on uh, Instagram and the Drunken Worm Podcast on Facebook. And I want to thank everybody for taking the time and listening. Um, I've gotten a lot of messages from you guys asking when we're going to start the uh, show up again. And uh, so... I'm just so happy to be back behind the microphone, talking to people in recovery, talking to really great guests and hearing their amazing stories about how they've found sobriety and also, um, you know, what they're doing now with their lives. So, again, we have a really great guest for you lined up today. He's um, coming in from Dallas, Texas. And without any further ado, let's get on with this week's episode. Welcome to the Drunken Worm Podcast. Each week, I will be bringing you dynamic content that will educate and inspire. This podcast was created to talk to mental health professionals about addiction, recovery, and their own personal stories that can help inspire us to become better people and live healthier lives. And again, welcome to episode 40. My name is Carl, the host and creator of the Drunken Worm Podcast. And I hope that all of you guys are having a fantastic day. Maybe you're at the gym listening to us on a treadmill. Maybe you're on your way to work. Um, But I hope that you guys are making the best that you can out of this wonderful life that we've created for ourselves now that we've found sobriety or maintaining our mental health. So our guest today is uh, DJ Kelly Reverb. And he is uh, coming in from Dallas, Texas. He also has a podcast called The Pink Cloud and uh, with Lone Star Productions. So I want to bring Kelly into the show, man. Kelly, welcome to the Drunken Worm Podcast, brother.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on. I oh,
0: it. Yeah, you're absolutely welcome, man. Absolutely.
1: So it's actually this... Pink cloud,
0: just so you know. Oh, okay. My my apologies. So this pink no, cloud. No, no,
1: no problem. I mean that the, the the pink cloud was that URL was already taken. Oh, was so, it? Dang. So I had to go with this pink cloud.
0: Oh, well, I like that better actually. <laughs>
1: well, yeah. yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> so, well, great. Well, welcome to the show, man. Uh, we you and I had an opportunity to talk in length uh, yesterday, and uh, I was so excited when uh, our friend Brett. And introduced us, uh, from, uh, his podcast and you've been on his show before and, uh, you have your own show that you do, which is an amazing show. It's on YouTube. And, um, is there also an audio version of your show as well that you put out?
1: Yeah, it's actually, it's actually probably on this format that you're listening to. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, I use anchor and it pushes to uh, all of the major streaming uh platforms perfect so yeah and then if they want to find the youtube channel you just go to this pinkcloud.com and it will take you to the youtube channel
0: that's great, man. All right. And I, I made a little show note there for this pink cloud. <laughs> so when okay. I, when I read it off later on, I'm not gonna, I won't put the pink cloud. Um, <laughs> so, so Kelly, you're a person in, in long-term recovery. Um, you and I also have, uh, kind of a similar background, um, being that we're both DJs. Uh, you started in the rave scene, um, a little bit earlier than I did. Um, but we mm-hmm. have had some, probably some similar experiences with um, that type of industry. And then now we're both in recovery. So why don't you right. give us a little um, background to yourself and um, how you've kind of come into uh, your recovery now?
1: Okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Well, I mean, as far as like the DJing, I started to DJ probably around 88. That'll date me. So,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, uh, you know, right around the end of high school, I started DJing and then, um, you know, obviously I found out that you could, uh, get paid and you could, you could drink for free Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and it had all the perks of a uh, dream job for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, you're playing music. So I was I kind of started off top 40, but I had always kind of had an affinity for what they now call EDM. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back then it was called like, you know, house music and acid house. And then um, something called Breakbeat uh, came out. And um, so basically, I, uh, you know, I was working at a record store here in Dallas. Uh, It's kind of a world famous record store called Bill's Records. And, um, you know, we were really connected to the music working at the record store. Uh, And if you've ever seen the movie High Fidelity, Mm -hmm. it's it's exactly like that. Wow so so you know a bunch of uh jaded pompous kids working at the record store and uh you know just loving it and uh and and we were you know it wasn't we were pushing like mariah carey we were pushing you know whatever was cool that week so uh and then we had like a a dance portion of that store Mm -hmm. so basically you know i'm in contact with all the major distributors like watts and Mm -hmm. nemesis and all that kind of stuff and um you know basically you know i was djing and and one day i had like kind of an epiphany um you know i was i was there was a a record by uh uh, guys from san francisco called hard kiss hard kiss brothers right Mm -hmm. So I uh I was sitting there and I was like, well, these guys are from San Francisco. Um, you know, how you know, how do I know about them here in Dallas, Texas? And I'm like, oh, well through their production. So then I started to produce uh, you know, records and that really kind of took off immediately. Um, you know, like as far as I You know, the the first, uh, it was actually a group called Southside Reverb because um, I wanted to kind of do the whole Hardkiss Brothers, mm-hmm. you know, and then they go by, you know, Robbie, Scott and Gavin, mm-hmm. you know, and so I wanted to be affiliated with my project. So, of course, I had to come up with a name first. So uh, and I went with Southside Reverb because. Texas South, all of that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And, um, so I put out a, a release and, um, you know, actually got some attention from that release. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically, honestly started touring, um, you know, once that release came out and, wow. uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing and pretty overnight. Um, just that, that instant you know, feedback mm-hmm. and, and, uh, momentum gained from just one release. So,
0: yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking to myself cause the, what, what year was this when you had that first release?
1: Probably right, right around 95.
0: Okay. Okay. I so I had
1: to think of a contingency plan cause I didn't <laughs> want to be, I didn't want to work at the record store for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> as much fun as that sounds. Um, Yeah, yeah, definitely having a contingency plan and, and, you know, propelling yourself uh, forward with a career DJing. Um, But, you know, I have some experience also producing. Um, I haven't actually, let me back up. (laughs) I have some experience in the studio. Um, Sure. So, you know, I going to Simon's studio, uh DJ Simon Apex from uh Subsonic uh Underground Recordings and mm-hmm. seeing his studio, you know, even back in the early 2000s, it was still pretty analog, you know, a lot of um a lot of uh machines on the side with the computer right. set up to do like fruity loops or <laughs> if if cube to my
1: if you go to my uh, uh, Facebook uh, DJ mm-hmm. page. Yeah. There is a picture of my analog studio.
0: (laughs) But I love that, though, because like you and I were talking about, you know, you and I started DJing in the age of vinyl. Um, Mm -hmm. God, that sounds so strange to me but the age right. of vinyl right and and now Where you
1: actually had to have a skill set right to, to actually
0: mix exactly you had to train your ears it was an
1: actual acquired talent
0: I, I, exactly exactly <laughs> and you know in um, going through that whole process of teaching myself how to do that but also teaching myself about cubase and um, you know producing beats and and everything like that and i'm i'm mm-hmm you know not even an intro person on producing beats uh Mm -hmm. so that that wasn't anything that really like took off for me um but i did some classes in college on it and and everything so i understand the mechanics of the computer system i just wasn't good at producing the um you know getting the synth and also the plugins and and stuff like that um, sure when i was doing it but You know, just this whole era, I feel is like this lost skill that DJs now, you know, you have all these young kids coming up and like, now I'm a DJ. And I think to myself, the
1: the whole, the whole Paris Hilton effect.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm like, (laughs) wow. I mean, let's put them in front of two turntables with some vinyl and they, they wouldn't know what to do, you know? Oh yeah. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely kind of become ma- like mainstream, and like you said, everybody can be a DJ. So yeah, uh, and and it's like I don't hate on that, but it is nice when you're going to see a person for an actual talent,
0: right? So. Right. <laughs> I mean, and
1: a skill at which which you can still have that talent and skill, you know, electronically, mm-hmm. but it also opens up, you know, to two people that actually might not have done the time. Right. You know, right. May not have done those. Uh, what is it? 10,000 hours.
0: Yeah. 10,000 hours of the grind behind the turntables and right. You know, have knowing when you have to replace your needle. Um, Oh
1: yeah. Well, you know? knowing when, uh, yeah, knowing, yeah. Knowing when they need to do the old lick and stick. Yeah. Exactly. On the needles, you know, exactly. <laughs>
0: Or, or putting, did you ever put like a, um, a nickel or a penny on, on top of the, um, the head just to keep it like if it was a unbalanced turntable and you couldn't really get it balanced. Did you ever do that? Oh trick yeah. All, put, all kinds yeah. of, all <laughs> kinds of fun stuff. <laughs>
1: And hoping she, that, he dude, you turn into uh MacGyver,
0: right? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> which is a great show, by the way. Now, now we're right. really dating ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out MacGyver, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, but you know, uh, just this whole industry, and and I know that we're kind of breaking away from the recovery talk, but um. Mm-hmm. But I, it's not often that I get to talk, kind of shop with people on the show that are in recovery. We had the episode uh, giving thanks with uh, Simon Apex and Queen B. Um, they're, mm-hmm. um, you know, a power couple right there uh, in the hardcore and breakbeat scene. Uh, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, but it's it's really great to see. And I went to an event uh, with Simon and I would say like 80 percent of the people that I knew prior are now like sober and either working a program of recovery or just right abstaining from you know drinking or using drugs and
1: sure well that's a funny that's a funny thing because um you know it is one of those uh, job hazards that's mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of uh, unlisted that yeah. uh, I mean me personally I didn't sign up to be an alcoholic. Right. Uh you know, I always like to say that uh uh alcohol is the uh, ultimate slow play. So if you're a poker person, you know, it's uh you, you don't realize <laughs> that it's happening yeah. until all of a sudden, yeah, it happened.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you know the same with drugs cuz like my my whole thing was uppers, um ecstasy, and, you know, I started raving as a raver and, and not as a right. DJ. And so that was like, that was the whole like draw to the party was, okay, great. What type of pills can we take to enhance mm-hmm. our experience? And well, I never, a little drug history,
1: yeah. actually MDMA was popularized at a club start club here in Dallas. Really? Yeah, so that's where it really kind of took off, came out of the laboratory, wow. and some some psychiatrist discovered, or mm-hmm. he didn't actually discover the element, but he, you know, kind of popularized it here. And yeah. they used to actually go around with trays of ecstasy and just hand it out.
0: What? <laughs> yeah, Yeah. That's like, oh, yeah. did you see the movie Formula 51? I have not. Oh my gosh, with Samuel L. Jackson and he's this um this drug dealer. I don't think he's a drug lord, mm-hmm. but he's a drug dealer. And um God, it's this great rave scene where he's like holding up this bag of ecstasy pills and he's like, I'm gonna free your mind with with this pill and now I'm gonna set you free. And he reaches into the bag and he like throws ecstasy out into the crowd. Um, it, and it's, I actually, they, they made a remix of it using that vocal, um, right. as an intro to one of the songs that I really like. And so I, I used that as on, um, one of my mixes as kind of my intro. Um, uh, and I was like, man, just, it's a really good movie. If anybody is out there and okay. wants to see a great Samuel L. Jackson movie, uh, he wears a kilt the whole time. Um, he has golf <laughs> clubs and he has a mean golf swing when he hits people. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's actually a really good movie. So I will have to check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Formula Fifty One. Um. Nice. So yeah, man. So okay. So now you've kind of um started playing out, and well, um, speaking enjoying of movies, yourself. yeah, man.
1: Speaking of movies, I mean, I get, I get. So from I go from being self-produced, right, uh-huh. and putting out these first couple of releases. right? Uh, and then I'm getting, I like, honestly, I got hit up for a movie that had Mark Wahlberg in it and mm-hmm. then it was going to go through, but then they decided to change the soundtrack to like AOR, which is album oriented rock. Uh-huh. So they went with more of a, like a Bush format. I can't gotcha. remember the name of that movie, but they never paid me. So who cares? <laughs> so they don't get a plug, but But so I get signed to this label called ESP Sun, Mm -hmm. which is based out of Holland. But then New York, uh, they have, you know, an affiliate in New York and they, uh, you know, they start doing their thing and their parent company is actually Roadrunner Records, Mm -hmm. uh, which is like typo negative and stuff like that. Uh But so, so on ESP Sun, I end up, Uh, you know, they say, Hey, we want a single single goes really well. And then of course, you know, they usually do a three single with a, uh, with an album, you know, Mm -hmm. like if, if things are going well, so we end Mm -hmm. up doing a full album, but one of those tracks actually gets licensed to uh, a movie, which is called the blade by Uh Wesley with Wesley Snipes. Yeah. So my track is in there. Um, and if it's like right when he pulls up his blade at the end, mm-hmm. uh, that's my track. Wow. So, just fun fact. But I was like, eh, well, while we're talking movies.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's but,
1: so, yeah. So like, um, you know, I'm doing all that. I'm, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and the whole time I'm, I'm traveling. So from like 95 and I'll say till about, you know, 2005, 2010, you know, I mean, probably from 2005 to 2010, it starts to taper and I start to kind of go, Oh shit. But, um, but as far as the, you know, traveling and stuff like that, um, you know, it was just, it it was my job every weekend. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, everybody can probably relate to being a little bit of a nervous flyer, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um you know, that being said, hey, there's an easy solution for that. It's a little something called alcohol. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and the the funny thing is, is I honestly I you know you were talking about mental health earlier, or mm-hmm. you had mentioned that in the beginning. I actually suffered from really, really bad anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, when you have your first panic attack in the Pittsburgh airport, Mr. AKA Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Yeah. And you're, you're 25 and you think you're having a heart attack Mm -hmm. and you know, you haven't done anything. And then you go, uh, you know, and at that time I was flying, you know, first class. So, you know, I barely make it, you know, to my, to my plane, Mm -hmm. And then you know I'm like they're serving cocktails, so of yeah. course I'll okay. Well, I'll try. You know, I'll take one. Hey, and guess what, man? It worked. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, there's a learned behavior. Hey, right. anytime, anytime you feel anxiety uh, or anything like that, just uh, <laughs> throw a little vodka at it, and uh, you know you'll be good.
0: Abs- absolutely. And yeah, uh, yeah. and it's, and it was like that for me with the ecstasy too. It was, you know, like this learned behavior that like, oh my gosh, you know, music that normally probably would have driven me crazy initially, like became tolerable and enjoyable and Mm -hmm. this new experience. (laughs) And, you know, I remember thinking to myself sitting on this, uh, in this warehouse, it was called Telic. And it was uh, you know, in the heart of Oakland's warehouse district. And Oakland is oh, definitely nice. like not the the best place to be like hanging around at like two in the morning um oh, in yeah. general. But, you know, and and I just remember, you know, sitting there thinking to myself, like, how could life get any better than this? <laughs> and I'm,
1: the, I'm in a cuddle puddle on the floor. Exactly. In dirty ass Warehouse.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> and life is good. Life is great, man. <laughs> or, you know, I was standing in front of like, you know, they have towers of speakers in this warehouse. And so you're just sitting in front of the speakers. You know, and and I used
1: to play a spot called Home Base. In, oh yeah, Home in, Base in Oakland, and yeah. I used to play for it was Ghost Tribe. I used to play for them all the time. Okay,
0: yeah. So Home so Base. So shout out Ghost Tribe. Yeah, and Home Base. Wow, Home Base yeah. is like that's that was so Home, well, base, home base closed.
1: Basically, uh, a, a Home Depot yeah. that was <laughs> abandoned or, right. or or just warehouse space, and they used to have just ragers all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Home base was one of the great, great, uh, places out there. I think Telic kind of picked up after home base, um, you know, right. dissolved cause, uh, sure. I, I don't know if they tore it down or, or whatever happened to that spot, but, um, right. yeah, some really great, uh, you know, underground spots, um, for raves and, uh, you know, what now we call EDM, uh, music. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man. So tell me at what point in your life did you realize that, Hey, this is probably like, I need to make a change.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so like I said, it's kind of starts slowing down and I mean, I'm, you know, like I've got, you know, movie, you know, some p- tracks in movies. I'm also producing my stuff on my own label, mm-hmm. Lone Star Records. That's going well, Everything is going great. Uh, and then that thing called the MP3 comes out mm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, vinyl sales tank, and there's not that tactile, you know, advertising um, that people get in their hand every week, you know, from going to the record store and seeing your name. Yeah. So then it starts to wane, you know, and God, like, so you know any good dj and to keep the party going and to not get a real job you Mm -hmm. know i mean i just start i start falling back and i start doing you know just more local stuff Mm -hmm. yeah so i've got enough of a name to still you know go and get the cool gigs and 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 play you know here in dallas and then occasionally play out on the road um but you know still enough to to do that and then you know, just progressively, I would say, from two thousand and ten and then two thousand and fifteen, you know, I have to start getting creative, I mm-hmm. have to start doing ebay and and other stuff and I, and I mean I'm also having you know jobs in the meantime, mm-hmm. like i I've done sales and stuff like that because, hey, it's a nice thing to have insurance,
0: right yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, you know, but I start doing that, but like probably, I mean, but the entire time, I mean, think about this. So from 18 till, you know, 45, you know, I've been drinking pretty steadily and having that, having that knowledge that alcohol is going to fix whatever the problem is. And and also when I say I was working sales, it was a sales job from home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, captain's got the drinking light on all day.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, So it made for some interesting sales calls. Mm -hmm. Um, but then.
0: Nope. We lost you there. Kelly, can you hear me? All right. We're going to work on getting Kelly back on the show here just momentarily. All right. Now we got Kelly back. Welcome back. Yeah. That that
1: was fun. Yeah, that was weird, man.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So you were talking about... you were talking about, uh, basically the drinking doing sales. Every day yeah. And,
1: yeah. And, and it, you know, it just becomes a part of your lifestyle. It's not a right. problem. You're still making money and everything's good. Um, and then, you know, it just, it, it basically, you know, I, I say like that drinking, uh, you know, wasn't a problem until it was a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was like, it, it was like the answer until it became the problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, because I mean, it really got bad, like, you know, starting around 2015, it was daily drinking and you know, how long can you keep up daily drinking? You yeah. know, how long, can, how long can you write that shit? You know, mm-hmm. how you know, <laughs> cause that's all you do. I mean, when, when you're drinking, you just drink your way out of it. Yeah. You learn that, like, Hey, oh, okay. There is, like, there is something to having that beer the next day when you're hung over,
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but so I was, you know, I was doing that and, and it just got to, to be where it was a daily thing. And obviously, the tailgating, I'm still DJing and stuff, but the tailgating mm-hmm. before the DJ gig starts a little early, yeah. which uh, is pretty much all day. And then, um, you know, it gets to a point, and this is like pre-COVID, um, to where, you know, I started blacking out mm-hmm. at DJ gigs, you know? Wow. <laughs> so it was just like, you know, and and blacking out, you know, you, you get to where you know, maybe one time that Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a blood sugar thing, but then Mm -hmm. it's just like, Oh yeah, dude, this guy's got a problem. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, I just had to sit in that misery and be on that, uh, treadmill, um, you know, like for a good, I don't know, probably like three years where I was doing that. And, and obviously I had no, I, you know, I didn't want to go to rehab. I didn't need rehab, you know, I mean, uh, but thank God my wife, um, you know, was spurring me on to go to rehab and I was like, okay, well I'll go, but I'm not going to do any of the legwork. You you got (laughs) to find that, you got to find the rehab for me and I guess I'll go. (laughs) So, um, you know, I mean, the thing is, is I went did uh did the rehab and um you know i had 30 days mm-hmm. um you know where i went in and i was glad i i i did that over mm-hmm. just a medical detox yeah uh because it gave me a little time for that you know brain fog to clear sure um because honestly i was going to get out and then i was going to be able to drink like a normal person.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, but when you're in there, you hear so many tales of people, you know, um, yeah, good luck, uh, socially drinking, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, then it just became kind of a numbers thing. Like at that end of the 30 days, I was like, I was like, well, look, You've given alcohol, you know, a good 25 years of your life. And by the time, by the way, when I went into, um, when I went into rehab, I was fully diabetic. So I gave myself diabetes. I was having to give myself insulin shots, um, and all this stuff. But in that 30 days, I got to wean off of insulin shots. So wow. if that tells you something about my alcohol intake. Uh, you know, (laughs) that I can basically bring on the onset of diabetes, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, that's crazy, Um, man.
1: So, so that, so that clears up and I'm like, Hey, let's, you know, let's give sobriety just a little bit of a a chance. You know, we've, Mm -hmm. we've, we've given alcohol 25 years, 30 years of our life. Um, you know, it was a good ride, you know? Um, but uh, you know things are starting to fall. You know, fall apart with that in your life. So mm-hmm. you know, let's let's make a responsible decision here. And so that was uh, July of 2020. Um, so that would be, uh, July 12th, 2020. Uh, that's my sobriety date. So you know, we're two years and some change. Um, and uh, you know once once i got sober um you know i'm just like uh my 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 sister was actually doing am radio and uh-huh. i was like oh well hey let's start up this you know and then they moved to podcasting and yeah. then i was like oh well uh, you know i mean how fun would that be kind of probably like your thought process
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh, you know let's let's get out there and spread that message and, and you know maybe Maybe people will you know learn and and also also to destigmatize mm-hmm. you know it because honestly some of the best people I know are heroin addicts yeah you know yeah I, yeah I mean honestly and it's funny to say that but you know it's just that one component and it doesn't make them a bad person
0: yeah you know? so. it's it's really uh really True, you know that the destigmatize and to um, look at people in a different manner. I I remember uh, working at Duffy's, and uh, we had this um, doctor that would come in, and he had the slideshow, and he would throw images up on the um, slides and everything, and and he would say, "Okay, now which one of these is the alcoholic?" And mm. it was like I think one of them was like a president. Um, Another one was an actor, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But, and then one was a homeless person and Mm -hmm. kind of the moral was that everybody would pick the homeless person over the president or over this actor that was, you know, that they felt was like, well, I mean, we didn't hear anything about an alcohol problem with them, but you know, this person sitting on the street with a sign Right. obviously has an alcohol problem.
1: Well, I mean, on my show, I've had like Brian Cuban, which happens to be the brother of Mark Cuban. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, right there, it shows that drugs and alcohol do not discriminate. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you can be, uh, there are plenty of people that are completely miserable and, and
0: rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, and it, it's very apparent nowadays too. Yeah. There was a recent court thing with a very famous actor and um mm-hmm. and his uh, girlfriend or wife, All right? Um, that was Called very recent. JD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um,
1: J- J- JD might might be navigating his own problems. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. But, you know, but like you said, mental health and addiction, it, it doesn't discriminate who it mm-hmm. it latches onto, And right. it can affect any of us. And it affects a lot of us. And the sad part is that a lot of us don't get the help that we need to treat these um, diseases that we have. Thinking mm-hmm. that, you know, hey, well, I can just stop doing it or. You know but but that only solves a, a fraction of the problem stopping solves a very small fraction of the problem but then now we're looking oh, yeah. at bigger problems that we need to address right. in order for you to maintain your sobriety well, that's
1: what they say like God, i saw a quote the other day that was like uh you know quitting drinking is the easy part yeah sitting with the feelings Um, you know, sitting with your feelings, yeah, um, uh, you know, and being able to navigate that is the tough part,
0: yeah, absolutely. Which, you
1: know, obviously, in my case, you know, I mean, I I don't know how much more time we have, but you know, I mean, when I got sober, it didn't, it wasn't all of a sudden, you know, all unicorns and rainbows because Mm -hmm. I had a couple of loved ones pass away, um, you know, in my sobriety. Um, you know, which it's like, I don't know, is that, you know, it's just where you learn to take life on life's terms Mm -hmm. and you, you learn to be, you know, okay with those feelings of discomfort and, you know, Hey, it's part of life to feel anxious sometimes yeah. and it's it's part of life to feel sad sometimes right. you know and and that's all we're trying to do as addicts and and alcoholics or mm-hmm. you know is we're just trying to mask what um you know what you know our feelings and yeah. basically kind of dictate and put us in a, a comfort zone right so
0: yeah. And, and yeah, I, it's, it's so interesting. I, and that's why I love talking recovery because it, it really is this, um, this conversation that we can have that, um, a lot of people can understand, but, um, even, you know, and a lot of people have to go through and, and just by talking about it and letting people hear stories like yours and hearing about the successes that we can have after we um, come into a program of recovery, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, is, is uplifting. And, and with my story, I really latched on to podcasts uh as part of my recovery to One of my recovery tools uh coming mm-hmm. coming doing my outpatient rehab with Kaiser and
1: Well, and I love how you say that because you know, I'm um, I I celebrate multiple pathways, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, of recovery because obviously there's your 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 12 step, which I'm a huge yeah. fan of, but it's not always a fit for somebody. Right. So You know, CBT, which is cognitive Mm -hmm. behavioral therapy, Um, you know, there's, but all these things and what you said, like your podcast, it's, it's think of your recovery, you know, as a toolbox. So it's just another tool in your toolbox. And, you know, the more tools you can have, then the more, you know, circumstances you have those tools to address that situation.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, um, I always tell my clients, you know, I'm I'm giving you tools to put on your tool belt. But it's up to you if you want to use those tools. Like, right. you have the ability to reach over and grab it. But if you sure. choose to, that's, that's your decision. And I can't mm-hmm. make anybody use their tools. I can only present right. them to them and say, okay, now... You know, if you want me to teach you how to use the tool, then, you know, we can we can do that. And so right. you can perfect and become better at using these tools and navigating your feelings and uh, coming up with positive coping mechanisms versus these negative coping mechanisms that we would use right. like using or drinking to. Well, and you mask. said
1: something important there. You know, you cannot make somebody want You know, you cannot make somebody want to be sober or want this, you know? Yeah. And it's that whole law of attraction, you know?
0: Yeah. So, absolutely. Absolutely, man. So, tell me, tell me, Kelly, what is your life like now that you've, um, that you're working on a program of recovery? Um, you're sober. And what, what does that look like for you now?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, I, I try to keep, Uh, You know, I'll I'll hit a meeting every once in a while. I Mm -hmm. mean, I I like to I like to stay connected. And I I think community is paramount in recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, being part of a tribe, whatever that tribe might be. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, and, and uh, the beautiful thing about it is you and I, even though we have like, you know, uh, uh, connected roots with music, mm-hmm. but now we can, I can go, Hey dude, I know that feeling of desperation. Right, I know that, that feeling, but, but now, um, you know, for me, uh, it's doing, doing the podcast, which mm-hmm. I just relaunched, um shoot like two three weeks ago yeah Uh, i took a sabbatical because my mother passed away Mm. and she was a bit of a hoarder so uh that (laughs) guess who gets to clean up her room this (laughs) this guy so about uh you know 2800 square foot house yeah Um, but you know, and I also got my RSPS, which in, in Texas is a, uh, recovery support peer specialist. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's kind of like a recovery coach, if you will. Um, and, and so I got that and that is actually a license that you have to get. You have to go through a, or a certification, actually Mm -hmm. not a license, but, um, So, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of positive stuff. And then I, you know, I get to be there, you know, I got to be there for my mom when Mm -hmm. her, you know, life partner of, of 30 plus years passed away. Wow. And, and then, you know, I get to be there for my sister, um, now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, (laughs) the, uh, being the executor is not a fun gig.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And, uh, especially when you've got, yeah, to have 40 years of stuff to, uh, unpack. Yes. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, honestly, not to, not to put a Debbie downer on it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, life's great. I mean, my wife with my, uh, my relationship with my wife, it's much better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and, and then I'm, I'm the exciting thing to me mm-hmm. Is I'm not in that prison that I accidentally locked myself in. Yeah. You know, I'm not in that prison of alcohol. Like I can, I can actually go here and go, okay, well, hey, I'm going to drive to Austin, Mm -hmm. you know, which is three and a half hours and not even think twice about it. Whereas beforehand, I was like, okay, well, let me get a full, bottle of vodka mm-hmm. and, you know, the correct mixers, maybe a little vitamin water, um, to, you know, so I can navigate the road trip with a steady buzz, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and, and all that planning and always having to have that vodka on me, um, you know, and, and have it at the ready, um, you know, which, which is a hell of a place to be when alcohol, you know, becomes your job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and your job is to, you know, keep that, you know, keep that certain level of buzz uh, or comfort, you know, that you're used to. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. And
1: just being free of that and, and actually, you know, not, well not being diabetic mm-hmm. i mean that's a, that's a bonus yeah um, you know not uh, and i i also used to wake up um you know i have sleep apnea so i used to yeah. wake up uh where because i would obviously be hammered drunk um you know maybe take a little mm-hmm. xanax with that right um And, and then I would wake up and I would be, if you can imagine like the feeling of waking up and Mm -hmm. drowning. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I was there, dude, I was, I was basically choking and I would do that, you know, two, three times a week. Mm -hmm. And I mean, dude, I could have died Yeah. easily,
0: easily, you
1: know, and and it's just, it's just, To be away from that and to be removed from Mm -hmm. that and to be able to function, I mean, that's, you don't realize, you know, how, Mm. how, how freeing that is, you know, until you've been in that prison and then you, it helps you to appreciate life more. So I'm not really that bummed that I had that problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, now it puts things in perspective and now it gives me that, oh my God. I am free, you know, of those chains of yeah. that bondage.
0: Yeah, Abs- absolutely, man. Um, well, dude, it's been so great having you on the show. And I've I've really enjoyed our time together. Um, we're going to do uh, some rapid fire questions. How do you feel about that, man?
1: sounds good yeah i'm excited
0: okay awesome all right excited and nervous excited and nervous don't be nervous so so just just give me the the answer that comes to you the quickest all right okay okay all right guys and it's time for a rapid fire question section right now with kelly reverb so kelly what is the best dish that you can cook
1: mmm good
0: god well i make a mean omelet okay an omelet Ooh, that's a good one i like i love omelets man all right have you have you ever written a song for someone
1: i i have made mixtapes that's how old i am i have made mixtapes for (laughs) girls back in the day
0: okay all right Okay, and
1: I also I also sample people in songs as Easter eggs.
0: Nice, dude. Nice. I just
1: put a little subliminal in there and go, "Hey, by the way, that's your message that you left on my answering machine."
0: That's back, great.
1: Back when we had them.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Uh, what is the movie you enjoy quoting the most?
1: Oh my God. Probably. I don't know. I find myself quoting probably. I would say uh i'm a big fan of office space okay yeah okay. office space does anybody know that mike judge
0: yeah office space is great man yeah that's a great movie all right
1: yeah i quote movies all the time and and the shining
0: oh yeah that's the <laughs> classics yeah. classics all right um let's see have you ever gone viral online
1: have I ever gone viral online? What do we consider viral? Where's the threshold?
0: something that has taken off online unexpectedly? I
1: have not, but there is hope. I mean you yeah. know it's funny about about music. I kind of have already gone viral, but uh-huh. I went viral. I went viral analog.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: because it's it's amazing to think and I, I am so grateful that i mean millions of people have heard my music and and maybe even today maybe who how many people are watching the blade you know yeah right <laughs> i mean it's just amazing that my music uh is out there in the world yeah. and you know i'm just fortunate to have that so uh That's... i don't know if that answered your question
0: yeah but... man yeah most definitely i i love that answer actually all right brother all right, and the last question I ask all of my guests on the Drunken Worm podcast is: Who is your favorite Disney character?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Oh uh, man, I I have always liked a uh, little Jiminy Cricket vibe.
0: I'm going oh, deep. Nice, nice. Yeah. There's a great I DJ. Tell out you here. Why?
1: But I I've always liked him. <laughs> I just always liked his storytelling.
0: Yeah. That's great, man. There is a great DJ out here um, in the Bay Area called Jiminy Cricket. Um, back well, there in, we go. Dude. In the Shout early two thousands, <laughs> and he was a yeah. great storyteller of music. You know, um, um, a really good mixer, uh, great uh, turntable turntable stylist um, from right. scratch. You know, kind of. So a,
1: can I put, can I do it to you now? Yeah, man. You yeah. Okay, here it is. Rapid fire. All right. I always love to. I always love to ask this question. Okay so and you can use this in in everyday any day with your clients or whatever okay. but uh just as a tail end. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you could be God and you could change one thing, what would it be? Hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: I of course I already have my answer.
0: If I could be God and I could <clears throat> change one thing, um anything. Wow.
1: <laughs> it's a head scratcher right
0: you know what I would probably I would probably make fentanyl a drug that was never created and could never be created uh, okay
1: that's not a bad that is not a bad uh, that is not a bad juxtaposition right <laughs> would you like to know my answer
0: absolutely
1: <laughs> I would say uh you know to to give humankind more of a sense of purpose mm. or what their meaning is, you know, or what their you know w- what's what's my purpose in life. Yeah. Because I think if a lot of people have that, but I mean, you know, it's also one of those things that hey, it's fun to find out what your purpose is right. too. Right. so,
0: so. yeah. Oh gosh. That's a really good question. I like that question. Um, well, wow.
1: free, feel free to use it.
0: Yeah. That's deep, man. That's real deep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs>
1: you're going to be thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: I'm going to go to work and ask all my coworkers. Like, if you could be God, what would you change? Like, right. um, you know, huh? Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, cool, brother. Well, Kelly, it's been amazing having you on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time this morning and and coming no, on no and and talking yeah. shop with me and talking recovery with me and and right. uh, letting us get to know you a little bit. So, um, yeah. And
1: if I could just push the show, this yeah. pink cloud, just go to thispinkcloud.com, dot Please hit subscribe. Um, and that's the YouTube channel, but we're on all other streaming formats and Mm -hmm. all we're doing is just trying to help, man. It's what I like to say. It's infotainment.
0: Yes. Infotainment. Oh, I like that. I think we've just created a new genre. (laughs) (laughs) That's great, man. Well, awesome.
1: Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. So, and definitely we'll stay in touch after the show.
0: Yeah, most definitely. I want to thank everybody for listening today. You have been listening to The Drunken Worm Podcast. We will be bringing you new content every week. If you would like to follow us, please hit that follow button on your favorite streaming app. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Pandora, and iHeartRadio. You may also go to our website, thedrunkenwormpodcast.com, to learn more about the show, sign up for our email club, and visit our blog. If you would like to join the conversation on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also join Carl as he co-hosts the Recovery Revolution live show every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All the information that was just mentioned will be listed in the show description with clickable links so that you don't miss a beat. Thank you again for joining us this week. Stay well, stay sober, and live your best life. Take care.